All right, good morning, 807, everybody, and uh, Calendar. How you doing this morning, sir? What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. slow news week, so, you know, that's <laughs> how that is. I have a theory, uh, and I'm just going to play the chunk of audio, uh, and I'll give you my theory, because this is audio I suspect you're going to hear a lot of today. So I'm going to say something outrageous. <clears throat> I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. I'm, what if we all had the collective stroke <laughs> and he's making sense? Ah. Yeah, what see, is like, reality? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, right. that's a very deep yeah. philosophical uh, theorizing you're doing there, Casey. Do you, you watched this yesterday? What I did. did I watched it twice. I'm actually in the oh, process. <laughs> well, C-SPAN, after, you know, they, they carry it live and then they, they run it right back again. And um, I mean, honestly, like I, I prefer to watch the stuff on C-SPAN so I don't get the filtering, you know, through uh, any particular news outlet, quote unquote, news mm-hmm. outlet. And uh, but I do enjoy the callers that C-SPAN gets. Um, those are just classic. Um, like they have no call screening program whatsoever. I don't think they even staff. They get punked. They yeah. get so punked, it's the best. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's the entertainment. And then, of course, they re-rack <clears> the, <throat> entire, um, the entire press conference. That's a technical term in the radio biz, re-racking. It doesn't even mean anything nowadays. But you would re-rack the whole thing, and then they play it all again. And uh, so I watched it again, and now I'm actually pulling the audio clips. And that one you just played, uh, that is the one that honestly, like, and I have not been one through this process to, wait, am I giving you too long of an answer? I don't know how much detail you want here. Maybe I'll just I'll stop here. Wow. I don't. This is. Oh, you're fine. Keep you see, talking. Well, this is what Biden said during the first question on immigration. It's like he gets into these long rambling answers, and I understand he's 78, and I understand that. Like I give him a little bit of uh, you know slack for that because he is 78 years old. I, I understand that not everybody is as spry as they once once were, but uh, at that age. But uh, like I've never been one that said, "Oh, he's crazy. He's senile," and all of this. But there have been signs that, like, I wonder, you know, he's lost a step, and that's kind of how far I would go with it. But after watching that yesterday, uh, the first time watching it through, and I'm I'm thinking, there's definitely something wrong here. And the way he was, like, I don't have a problem with him using the, the chart to call on reporters. I don't have a problem with that. you got a list of people you want to call on so you don't get sandbagged by, you know, somebody like me in the press conference, right? right? Um, right. And so he's got the list. Okay, fine. He calls on the preferred people that his comms team tells him to. But my concern is that he's got answers written down about the yes. every foreign policy question that he was asked. He referred to notes and he did not make it like he wasn't trying to hide them. He had cards. He pulled them out of his pocket and he's like shuffling through. Let me give you some stats on infrastructure. So it was clear that he had a whole bunch of notes. And I'm not so sure, particularly on the foreign policy stuff, that indicates that they didn't want him. And I'll give him, you know, throw him in there. He didn't want either to be saying things that would cause an international diplomatic problem, right? So they they scripted things out for him to say to keep him on task, which I dare say is 
it's kind of Trumpian, right? This was kind of like what everybody was upset about with Donald Trump. They're like, oh, he's going to say stuff and he's going to cause, you know, international problems. Oh, and now he's reading off a teleprompter and uh, you can tell when he's on teleprompter. But I guess all of that criticism just goes out the door when it's, you know, a Democrat. And I don't know why any of the media folks did not ask him, sir, are you reading these answers off of a card? They can see well, it's they happening. Picture, they have pictures of it. They have pictures of it. And, and let me let me yeah. first respond to that. But also, I, I agree with you uh, on the Trump comparison, but it's for a different reason. OK, first off, it, I understand that when you're talking about North Korea, who apparently just figured out how to shoot missiles again yesterday, <laughs> um, I, I understand where you want to be measured there. And sure. he does have he has this, he will wander and he's trying to draw that delineation between him and Trump. Fine. But when he's talking about bridges, you're not going to cause an international incident when you're comparing and contrasting infrastructure improvements in China and the U.S. for bridges. Okay, so to be reading that with eyeballs down the whole time is very noticeable where Joe Biden mirrored Donald Trump was when he got into answers like, um, uh, let's see, where do I uh, maybe I don't have that cut up here, but where he was getting into answers where he was, instead of saying what he was going to do, like with the border stuff, he was saying, well, I can't tell you what we're going to do, but it's going to be fantastic. Right. That's pure Trump, man. That's right. Yeah, That's he's pure got... Trump. It's just a different delivery. Right. This is the thing that always killed me about <laughs> the nomination of Joe Biden uh, by the Democrats, was that they picked the guy closest to Trump that they could. Like he, like he was Trumpian before we even knew what Trumpian meant. He, I mean, he was yeah. the kind of guy that would he would attack reporters. He would, uh, you know, he would attack people and laugh over them and mock them and stuff in debates and such. Remember what he did to Paul Ryan, right? Like this was, right. th- like this was who he was. It's just now he's not as Trumpian as Trump. So they went out and found like they were like, oh, Trump's crazy. He's old. He's senile. And then you got Biden. Oh, he's this old white guy. And then you got Biden, right? Oh, he makes fun of people. And you nominate Biden. I, like, I've never understood why you picked that guy as supposedly the antithesis of Donald Trump. I That and, you know, one other thing is you mentioned debates. Do you remember during the debates where uh, Joe Biden have a minute and he'd get done in like 20 seconds? Right. <laughs> and then just stop? I always thought that was weird. That's kind of that first audio cut I played there. Yeah. Well, that's why I said, oh, am I giving you too long of an answer? And embedded in that is so he's what he's what's happening there is he's reading the room. Right. <laughs> he's talking and talking and talking. And he realizes that he's losing the room. He can see it happening. And so that's when he says, am I giving you too long of an answer? Why would he ask that if she asks this question? He's supposed to answer it and give as much detail yeah. as he wants, but he's he's picking up this cue in the room that I've gone too long. I need to move on. Something's going on. He's he's feeling kind of uh, off balance there, and so that's when he says, "Do you want me to just you know I'll just stop there, and then you can ask another question." It's um again, this is a tactic that I have seen. It's a compensation tactic when you're not really sure the social cues are coming through, but you're not really sure how to interpret them. Um, and that's concerning to me. That is concerning. And for everybody that was so concerned about Donald Trump's, you know, uh, uh, character being, you know, displayed to our international allies and enemies. And oh, my gosh, what does this mean for America? It's again, like, do, is this a better image? Now, reading the 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 write ups of the left, they're like, this was the best press conference ever, which I don't 
see how that's the case, but okay. Well, because you got man, once you're you know once you're you're lashed to that life raft, you you just got to hold on. Yeah. I, what, what killed me was Jennifer Rubin. Oh, you see Jennifer Rubin getting into a fight with uh, Yamiche uh, uh, Yamichi Alcindor yeah. from uh-huh. CBS. Yeah. Who well, asked the most suck up question ever? She's like, uh, "You're you're so nice and you're so great. Isn't that why the kids love you from down south?" Right. That's and, why they're all and, coming. And, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Ruben thought that that was a uh, it was too harsh a question. It was an unfair question. I'm assuming because she didn't compliment how good he looked, right? I, Which he actually I mentioned. I think he actually mentioned that at some point in one of his responses, he made a joke yes. about him. You know, oh, and I'm handsome too, or something. Yeah, it was, and it was clear. And this is one of the uh, it's one of the problems I have with a lot of folks in the media who are predominantly of the left is that they take. As the assumed truth, whatever the premise of the Democratic talking points are, whatever the Democrats position is, they assume that to be true. And then they ask the questions through that lens. Right. So the questions you notice at the beginning were about, I mean, think about it. All their questioning was about what? The filibuster. I did a tally of this yesterday, and I think it was uh, there were only four questions, I think, that were non-related to the filibuster or immigration. These were the things that the media wanted to focus on. And the filibuster question was about, aren't you going to go ahead and blow it all up? Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, right? That's like the whole push. And if you've been reading national media, you've seen this has been a coordinated push to apply pressure to get rid of the filibuster. Now, we can point out Democrats were opposed to this and Republicans were actually kicking around the idea a couple of years ago of getting rid of it so they could do, you know, tax cuts. But um, they were kicking around the idea, too. So now everybody's flipped their position on getting rid of the filibuster. But it's just it's another example of how you take the the uh, the premise of the Democrats. It becomes true. And then you build all of your questioning off of that assumption. Speaking of uh, tightly coordinated press conference. Hey, oh, yeah, let's (laughs) let's roll over to the governor. I was shocked, man. Not not that they inadvertently let somebody from, you know, a uh, a uh, they would describe as a hostile media ask a question. They were they didn't let that happen. No, but no. they made the unfortunate unfortunate uh, error of calling on let's see Don Vaughn and a couple others who actually asked the governor, "Hey, governor, so what numbers do you need to see so we can be done with the mask mandate?" And he still will not answer on any of these thresholds. Right. And this has been a year without knowing what the target is. Other than the very vague, we'd like to see it under five percent, which, by the way, it is uh, <laughs> on, on new case testing, and and so I mean that was pretty much business as usual, huh? Well, I mean, I don't want. Uh, first off, I, I want to give credit where it is due to the reporters that asked that question. Finally, it may have taken a year, but thank God somebody is finally asking these questions because uh, you know you got to have a goal, right? I mean, like this is it, it, this is a it's a premise in business, it's a premise in life. You have to have goals. You have to articulate these goals. Otherwise, you know, how do you know when you've achieved them? Right. I mean, if you if you're running towards a destination, but you don't say this is where I want to go. Well, then you're just running. I mean, like you're just running aimlessly. How do you even know when you've arrived at the place you're trying to get to? So you have to tell people what the goal is, where the end zone is. Um, And that's what Cooper has not been doing in this entire pandemic. And for whatever reason, I I don't want to ascribe motive to him. But um, at some point, 
people are going to start thinking like, is this over or what? Because we're seeing all of these other states lifting all of their mandates. They're like completely open now. And we're still sitting here under these mandates and people have genuine interest in knowing what makes North Carolina so much more dangerous, right? Why is everyone going to catch COVID here and not in these other states that are opening up? And even now we're seeing Texas that they lifted all their mandates over two weeks ago and we're not seeing the spikes. How do you explain that? How do we explain that states that have opened up are not seeing surges? Meanwhile, New York is seeing spikes again. So, um, I, you know, I, I applaud them for asking the question, and I don't want to take credit at all for this because I don't think I had any, but I just would point out the coincidence that <laughs> I did not live tweet that press conference and the question got asked. So maybe okay. I'm the problem. Yeah. Maybe I'm the problem that I'm live tweeting these things and then people don't want to ask the questions that I throw out there. That's possible. Just uh, just out of spite. Yeah, yeah, there's some egos. There's some egos in this business. Well, we're not on their Slack channel. Yeah, we're not on their Slack channel. So, yeah. yeah, It's only Um, on Twitter. So, so I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching all of this. And to your point about having to know what those goals are, can you imagine being a bar owner right now who actually was able to hold on? You're at 50%. You, from an investment, from from a staffing, from an everything standpoint, to not know the metrics under which you're going to be asked to invest because they're going to have to reinvest in their businesses in the form of hiring people and everything else mm-hmm. and having no semblance of an idea where that happens um, is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Colorado, Colorado lifted their mass mandate. Colorado, which is a little left in the uh, yeah. from a legislative standpoint. Well, so. take into account they might all be really high. And so they just have they, they're not able to weigh the risks. Actually, in that there was a, a big report that came out, an update to the Gallup survey from Franklin Templeton that they commissioned on risk assessment that found. And we talked about this, I think, before, which is the Americans perception of risk on catching covid and dying from it is way out of yes. whack. They're to- really uh, wild misperceptions, and it's most pronounced among Democrats. And, and I'm not a, like I'm not attacking them for that. I'm just noting it because when you have Democratic leaders that are being questioned by Democrat-leaning reporters, and they have this wild misperception of the risk, that's what w- our news is getting filtered through. That's what the information is being filtered through. Yeah, we talked. We dro- we uh, broke that thing down here on the air. It was fifty percent. Uh, they thought that fifty percent, uh, basically a coin toss as to whether you went in the hospital. Yeah, uh, and that was the majority guess. When it's actually one to five percent, it was uh, insane. So how do uh, we get quickly, there? That's a good like. That's uh, the question. How do you get to that point? How did we arrive at that point? Because it's just constant negative. You're all going to die, and they would argue that they had to do that so that people understood the seriousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, if they didn't, then they'd listen to a guy dressed as Joker screaming on top <laughs> of a car in Miami or something. We shouldn't do that. Um, we, we shouldn't. Okay. No, we shouldn't. And you're going to be very surprised to learn this morning I was reading an op-ed on RAL, and they were very excited about the governor wanting to spend $28 billion and expand Medicaid. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah, big big fans of this, and the Republicans need to shut up and just go with it. Yeah, well, so, that's unity, that's I, that. I, as I understand it. That's what unity means, mm-hmm. is just uh, shut up, do what we say, and uh, then you're then you're unified. What they didn't point out, though, is that's not how the budget works. No. And they, they, <laughs> they laid this out like the governor proposes it. The tweaks are made then by the legislature, and then they go with it. That's not at all how this works. There no. is no the, the governor doesn't even have to propose a budget. No. <laughs> it's up to the legislature. The governor signs or he doesn't. Right. Yeah, it's not like they're waiting on his proposal to start mm-hmm. doing their budget. No. They, 
It's completely, it's the complete opposite, actually. Um, and I understand, like, it's there, you know, this is his policy proposal, essentially, right? This is what he, what he uh, right. values, and this is going to, you know, mobilize all the Democrats around them. Which, by the way, do you notice that they're now calling themselves shadow chairmen? Of these committees, the Democrats I saw that. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they've just they're literally slender men. <laughs> yeah, right. so, I don't. Know. I think. I like, don't know. It's puffery, I guess. Someone was like, "Ooh, it makes this sound more important." I don't even know what the point of that is, but uh, yeah, they maybe it's a comms thing. I don't know. New comms people in charge. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, they're they're now calling themselves like a parliamentary system where they're the shadow government in waiting. But you know, I think they're. I think what they're doing is they're just jacking with Q guys. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, that we'll we'll have to break down into because this budget fight's going to get nasty. It's not going to look like what the governor put out there, and the Republicans will be accused of hating teachers, even though they've tried to give raises for their last two budgets. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway. Think about the political. Uh, think about the political benefit of being the governor in this situation with a compliant allied media, where you just propose, you know, a ten percent pay raise for all the teachers, and then if anybody yeah. says no, then they hate teachers, and you get that narrative right. calcified. Yeah, well, they should uh, they should argue for free unicorns, but we'll break it down <laughs> next week. PeteCallenderShow.com, PeteCallenderShow.com. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next week. Okay? But, folks, I'm going. That's my new tag out, right. too, like Biden. Nice. But, nice. folks, I'm All going. All right, we'll be back. Hang on, everybody.